Story thirty seven of the Fairy Ring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jandon Duranilla. The Fairy Ring. Edited by Kate Douglas Wigan and Nora Archibald Smith. Story thirty seven The Road to Fortune one fine morning two young men were strolling together through the fields when they perceived at a great distance a very high hill on the top of which stood a beautiful castle which sparkled so brightly in the sunshine that the youths were quite delighted and could not help gazing at it let us go to it said one of the lads it is easy to say let us go but how can we walk so far retorted the other who was a lazy fellow you may do it easily replied a clear voice behind them on looking around to see whence these words came they perceived a beautiful fairy standing on the large ball which rolled along with her upon it in the direction of the castle it is no very difficult task for her at all events look she can get forward without moving a limb said the lazy one throwing himself down on the grass the other however was not so easily satisfied for without stopping to reflect he started off after the fairy as fast as he could run and catching hold of the skirts of her robe cried who art thou i am fortune answered the fairy and yonder is my castle follow me there if thou reachest it before midnight i will receive thee as a friend but remember shouldst thou arrive one moment later my door will be closed against thee with these words the fairy drew her robe from the hand of the young man and went off so quickly upon our ball that she was soon out of sight the youth immediately ran back to his companion and told him all that had happened adding i intend taking the fairy's advice will you accompany me are you mad inquired the other for my part if i had a good horse i should not mind a journey but as for walking all that way i certainly shall not attempt it farewell then answered his comrade who started off at a brisk pace in the direction of the castle the lazy one however reasoned as to himself exert yourself as much as you please my worthy friend good fortune often comes while we are dozing perhaps it may be my case to-day and without more ado he stretched himself on the grass and fell fast asleep not however before he had cast a longing glance at the beautiful castle and the hill after sleeping some time he felt as though there were a warm wind blowing on his ear and when he had stretched his slothful limbs and rubbed his sleepy eyes he perceived a beautiful milk-white horse ready saddled standing beside him shaking his mane and neighing lustily in the clear morning air ah did i not say as much cried the youth oh if people would but trust to fate come here you fine creature we must be good friends so saying he threw himself into the saddle and the steed galloped off with him as swift as the wind thus mounted our lazy friend very soon overtook his industrious companion and hailing him as he passed cried show respect to my horse's heels the other however continued on at a steady pace without paying much heed to his satire about midday on arriving at the summit of a beautiful hill the horse suddenly stopped quite right cried his rider 
I find you are a very sagacious creature. Soft and fairly is a good proverb. The castle is now not very far off, but my appetite is a great deal nearer. So dismounting, he sought out a shady slope, and having lay down in the moss with his feet against the stump of a tree, he began to take some refreshment, for happily he had a good supply of bread and sausage in his pocket, and a pleasant drink in his flask. As soon as the youth had satisfied his appetite, he began to feel rather drowsy, and, as is usual with indolent people, he gave full vent to the inclination, stretched himself on the moss, and fell into a sound sleep. Never had man a more pleasant sleep, nor accompanied with more delightful dreams. He imagined that he was already in the castle, reposing on silken cushions, and that all that he desired came to him immediately upon his beckoning with his little finger. After thus enjoying himself for some time, it seemed as though a firework went off with a great explosion. This was followed by strains of soft music which went to the tune of a song he had often heard, every verse of which terminated with his words healthful limbs and spirits gay bear the traveller on his way this continued some time when he awoke with a song still ringing in his ears then rubbing his eyes he perceived that the setting sun was fast sinking behind the castle and heard the voice of his companion singing from the valley before him the very words he had heard in his dream what a time i have slept cried the lazy fellow it is high time that i was getting on my way come here my steed where are you but no steed was to be found the only creature that he could see after looking all around was an old grey donkey grazing at the top of a hill at some distance he shouted and whistled with all his might but the horse was gone quite out of hearing and the old donkey did not seem to pay the least attention so after exerting his lungs to no purpose the lazy fellow was obliged to go and try to make friends with the grey old beast which allowed itself to be quietly mounted and then trudged slowly on with him but our youth found this kind of travelling very different from the previous stage for then he not only proceeded at a much quicker pace but had a more comfortable seat which was by no means an unimportant consideration with him in the course of a short time it began to grow dark and heavy clouds overspread the sky already he could perceive that a castle was being lighted up and now he began to be very frightened and anxious to get forward the donkey however did not seem in any way to partake of his feelings but continued on at even a slower pace than before at length it became quite dark and the donkey after going slower and slower came to a dead stand in the midst of a thick wood all his entreaties were of no use nor were threats and kicks of more avail the donkey would not move at last the rider became so exasperated that he struck it with his fist but this didn't much improve our lazy friend's condition for the obstinate brute instantly flung up its hind legs and by that process released itself of its burden which fell heavily on the ground it required much less violence than our youth experience in his fall to prove to him that he was not lying on a satin couch for his legs and arms were dreadfully bruised he remained some time in this miserable plight but the bright and inviting appearance of the lights in the castle at length attracted his attention ah thought he what beautiful beds must there be in that fine building this thought alone arose for a moment his sluggish energies 
and he managed to get on his feet. Perhaps, thought he, the grey old donkey may by this time have got into a better temper. So he searched about for him in every direction, but after knocking his head against the trees here, tearing his face with the thorns there, and stumbling over roots and stones for a full quarter of an hour without finding it, he gave up the search as hopeless. It was high time, however, that he made some effort to get out of this dismal wood, which every now and then resounded with dreary howls, sounding very much as though they proceeded from the throats of hungry wolves. At last, when quite bewildered with fear, he suddenly stumbled against something soft and slimy. He knew by the touch that it was not a donkey, but fancying it to be in the form of a saddle, he was about to bestride it at once, yet shuddered at the thought. He was still hesitating when the castle clock struck, and he counted eleven. Recollecting that it was drawing near to the eventful time, and that he had no other hope, he threw himself on what appeared to be the saddle. He found his seat tolerably easy, as it was very soft, and at his back was something to lean against. Another great advantage was that the creature in which he was mounted seemed to be very sure-footed. There was, however, one great objection to it and that was the creeping pace at which it moved, for it went along much slower than even the obstinate donkey. Proceeding thus for some time, he got so near to the castle that he could count the windows, and in this occupation he was engaged, when suddenly the moon shone out from between the clouds, and, oh horror, what did he behold? The creature in which he sat was neither a horse nor a donkey, but an enormous snail, quite as large as a calf, and its house which it carried upon its back had served him to lean against now he could well understand why he had come at such a creeping pace he turned as cold as death and his hair stood on end with fright but there was now no time for fear for the castle clock had already made the woods resound with the first stroke of the midnight hour just as his steed crawled out of the wood then how great was the young man's astonishment when he beheld the castle of fortune in all its grandeur hitherto he had sat quietly on the snail without hastening it or in any way interfering with its pace at the sight of the castle however he dashed both his heels into its sides and attempted to urge it on to this treatment the snail was quite unaccustomed and instantly it drew its head into its shell and left the youth sprawling on the ground the castle clock rang out the second stroke had the lazy fellow but mustered up resolution and trusted to his feet even then he might have reached the castle in time but no there he stood crying bitterly and screaming out a bees a bees of whatever kind it may be to carry me to yon castle the inmates of the building had already begun to extinguish the lights and the moon being hidden by the clouds he was again in total darkness as the clock struck the third time he heard something moving near him and as well as he could make out in the dark it seemed like a saddled horse ah that is my long-lost steed cried he that heaven is kindly sent to me at the needful moment as quickly as his lazy limbs would enable him he leaped on the back of the creature there was now only a little elevation to be surmounted and he could easily see his companion standing at the open door of the castle waving his cap and beckoning him on the clock chimed out the fourth stroke when the creature whereon he sat began to move slowly 
then went the fifth and sixth strokes and it began to advance a little at a very awkward pace at the seventh the creature began to move first sideways and then went backward to his great horror and surprise the rider found out that he could not throw himself off though he struggled with all his might by a passing ray of the moon he discovered that the new steed on which he was riding was a horrid monster with ten legs and from either side there extended a large claw with which it held him fast by the arms the youth screamed loudly for help but all to no purpose the animal still kept receding farther and farther from the castle while the eventful moment approached nearer and nearer until the twelfth stroke proclaimed the midnight hour a flitting ray of the moon displayed the castle once more to his view in all its splendour but in the same moment the youth heard the door shut and the rattling noise of chains and bolts the entrance to the castle of fortune was closed against him forever the moon now shone again in full lustre and discovered a horrid monster that still kept carrying him away to be nothing more nor less than an enormous crab where he went to on these and common steed i cannot tell for the fact is nobody ever troubled themselves further about the lazy fellow end of the road to fortune recording by jandon de